dominate, you got to go, so that means this and that means that. And now you're giving it to them. I'm talking about managing it. And you manage it by asking questions, not by giving it to them. Last thing you do is give it to them. And then if you have to give it to them, you give it to them. But if you have to give it to them, you probably didn't get the job done. And so now you're just having a conversation with yourself. You know, so you're you're like trying to force it. I know you know what I mean by that, right? Like you're trying to get them to get it. You know, don't you get you have a voice? And they're like, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that it? You're like, no. And you you got to manage it, okay? So listen for what you want to hear. Manage meaning or reframing in the room. Those are major tricks. But see, they're not the tricks that people think of. It's not how do you get someone to cry. It's not whatever. I'm saying it's all there, and you just got to pick it out. <coughs> um, okay. Now. As as a trainer. One of the things you got to get clear about is what your magic is. And, and everybody has magic, but very few people have access to it. I mean, you've got to really come to know your magic and appreciate it. So, what do you mean? What do I mean by magic? Great. <coughs> so. I didn't know this, and, and one day we were sitting around in a trainer meeting about five years ago, and we were doing the old, how come we can't find trainers? They're just not around us, you know, like we're the only superstars on the planet. How come there's no trainers? No one can get through the web, so to speak. So. Someone asked the question, I don't know if it was me or someone else, what's, what makes a trainer a trainer? Okay? Then we got on to, what's, what's your magic? So then we went around the room and we said, write down, write down what you think your magic is. Okay? Then we set it up, like, write down what you think their magic is. And we came up with a list, we did a voting, kind of like we did or something like that. But basically, people got to see what people thought their magic we we made an assumption that we were magical it's probably bullshit but we just made the assumption right <laughs> and now we were trying to figure out what our magic was okay so we started getting in touch with well that's your authenticity and you know I know your magic is your femininity you think your magic is your power but it's not it's your femininity so the reason you don't know it is because everybody keeps telling you whiny women by the way you're so powerful you're so powerful what they really mean is I wish I was like you okay and and, and you hear that enough time and you start thinking that's your magic it's an asset for you it is not your magic your magic is your vulnerability your magic is your clearness so when you're not clear you have zero magic and you're not clear a lot so when you get in touch with your magic, which is your clarity, and, it, and you don't have to be a big thinker, just be clear. Like a kid is clear that they're gonna go out and play. That's it, that's all you need. Boom, you'll take off like that, okay? So other people can see your magic. Um, 
my part of my magic is I can take a complicated thing and I can eventually make it simple for people. That's, that's kind of an intelligence I have. Um, I used to make that wrong. You know, so I was thinking intelligence for me means I do good in school. So I knew I could do this, but there wasn't any value for me attached to it. So what if I can take something complex like what is it to be a trainer and I can at least get it in some form where you can get it. Not like, but I can, and the reason I didn't think it was magical is because it takes me so long to take something complex and get it to simple. So someone is in the room explaining something, a new concept to me, I'm the stupidest person in the room. Huh? What? I don't get it. I'm like, I don't get it. You know, like, what do you mean? And I'm like, maybe two months. You know, then boom, I get it, right? Well, what I get, I can give away to about 10,000 people. And I finally woke up to that. I went, holy shit. Okay, it takes me a year, five years. Who cares? I can turn this in. It's, it is complicated. And I always thought that I'm the dumb one, like I didn't get it. Because everybody else kind of is acting like they're getting it, right? <laughs> and I'm like... I'm not getting this. I'm like, are you getting this? And they're going, yeah, sort of. I'm like, and they're trying to explain to me and I'm not even getting what they get and psychological mess. Okay. So anyway, that might be part of my, uh, my magic. Some people's care is their magic. Some, some people's listening is their magic. So once I got clear of my primary magic, then I started developing some other magic things that I didn't know that I could do, for example, that show up as magical, which is important. So a trainer has to have an act, okay? So you have to have an act. What do you mean? You, you, have, to, you have to be entertaining. You, entertaining. Entertaining. You, um, a magician has an act, mm -hmm. right? That magician is, is a man or woman who has an act called magician, mm -hmm. okay? The trainer is a man or a woman who has an act called trainer. Don't ever get yourself mixed up with the role. It's like a ritual? No. A mother is a woman playing a role called mother. Most people start identifying themselves as the act. Like, I am a mom. I go, who are you? I'm a mom. No, that's a role. That's not who you are. <clears throat> that's an act, right? Okay, so a trainer has to have an act. And part of the trainer's act has got to be entertaining. So you got to... And it's got to be authentic. So it's got to be an act that, you, that looks authentic or is authentic or real enough for you. Um, I don't know how to explain that to you other than the fact that you've got to, you've got to have it look special over there for them somehow. Well, so I start thinking about that. And I go, what do I have? You know, I'm, I'm kind of a boring guy. And, well, I thought about it. Six months, a year, started showing up for me. There's a couple things I can do. Number one, I have an unbelievable ability to listen to, to what's behind what people are saying and underneath that. I can hear context in about two words. So somebody can go, so I go tell me about your relationship, 
Well, um, Gerhardt Ger um, Ger 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 says, <coughs> I asked the question, what are you here to do? And he says, I'm here to know, I was done, I knew, his breakdown. His breakdown is he listens to know something, to get it. He's an analyzer. He's a cause and effect guy. I have his whole life mapped out in two seconds, okay? All right, it's good guesses. It's good predictability, right? Well, I can use that in my act. In what way? Just like I did with him. You know, like I'm going, you know, when someone opens up their mouth and goes, bleh, bleh, and you go, shut up, I got it, they go. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, that's big stuff, right? Uh -huh. Well, you pull that a couple times in a room, yeah. and you're right. You gotta be right. Yeah. I, I have an ability to do that. Well, I would never do that before. Because I was like, well, I gotta be a listener and really care for people, right? But as my act, it works. Yeah. You know, you work with 200 people, you better have something special up there for them. And you've got it. You just gotta figure out what it is. I have another ability. I can see a lot of times at what age people got stuck. I, so I can, um, none of you guys have done too much work, but, um, I can't always see it, but, like this guy with the mustache? Yeah. Okay, if I was in a room with him, I would say, what happened to you when you were nine years old? Because I can see he's stuck at nine years old. And I'm about 95% accurate. So I just now trust it. And I'm not looking to do it. It's just, it's so obvious to me. I mean, I guess some people can see auras. And some people can read energy. And they can see pictures. And they can do whatever they can do. You don't need to do any of this. I'm just saying there was something that I could do and I could always do that I didn't know that I wasn't conscious that I could do and once I figured it out I learned how to incorporate it and so it now looks like a trick so you know you go into a room of people and you're sitting and I'm sitting back like this and I, I look 50 yards over and I go stand up you know and there's an 80 year old woman I mean this happened two weeks ago and I said what happened when you were 20 she goes, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> and I said, well, do you think I just made a guess? I said, it's so obvious, I can see it. And she goes, well, I married a man I didn't love, essentially. Because my mom told me I needed to because he's the only nice person who was ever nice to me. And she goes, I met him that day and I married him. Now her daughter's in the room, that's why she didn't want to talk about it, right? Well, big catharsis, right? Well, you hit that a couple times, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a lucky bingo. I mean, that's like, boom. Now the whole room goes, uh-oh, I'm naked. You know, I'm, I'm in here, this guy's got special powers, and, and I don't, I just can see with a couple people. So, you got to have an act. And, you, and there's enough stuff that you've watched other people do that you can start getting in touch with that you can do that. And you can do it at, at work. You know, like an accountant, you know, for example, could probably look at books five seconds and make some good guesses, right? 
And you know, somebody goes, God, how do you see that? So in other words, you see what people can't see. That's all magicians do. Um, so I listen for what I want to listen for. I get I relationship is over there. I listen for, I set it up in feedback for people so they can hear it and get it. Um, you've got to have an act. You've got to have some magic. you got to get in touch with what your magic is. And I think you will never be a trainer until you are done working on yourself. So I am not working on myself anymore. I'm still having breakthroughs, but I am done working on myself. What do you mean working on yourself? No, I care less if I ever have another breakthrough. It's not my focus. I'm not about my stuff. I don't care if I, if a hundred people now tell me that I'm not passionate and I should be passionate, I'm not going to go work on being passionate. I'm, I've now given my life over to making it happen for you. And out of that commitment, it causes me to be passionate. And now I continue to have my breakthroughs. But when you're focused on yourself and your breakthroughs, will not happen. You cannot access relationship from that space. So you can't make leadership happen. You can't make a center man. None, none of it works. So you got to be done. So there's kind of this paradox called we're in this personal growth game. Well, the only way to get out of that for me is to get that, okay, Jim, look, you don't have to be altruistic about it, but you just got to know that if I can be for you and you and you and you and you and you and you, then that's going to cause me to be. It's going to stretch myself out, and that's where I get my work done. But So I get it done by being who I need to be for you. You know, like... Like today, I had to be for you. You know, I had to like go bang like that, right? Well, if I was in there going, God, this is my feedback, you know, and maybe I'm being resistant over here, and I'm going through that psychological tape, you know, the whole thing would have collapsed right there. But I'm not there about me. You know, he can't get to me because I don't care about me. I care about him, and and love always wins always wins you can't you never lose that battle so I'm like okay I love this guy and I did I was like I love this guy and there's no way he can win he's he lost when his mouth opened and they just look at you and they surrender and you go okay because they know they can hear when you are for them and they can hear when they are when you are for you um, what else? Have a sip of your coffee. Mm. <laughs> so, coaching. Um, when I, when I came up as a trainer, I consciously, well, a couple things I want to say. I, I did a process for myself that probably was the turning point for me becoming a trainer. So I went to interview with this company, Flyspring, and I decided I wanted to become a trainer. And they said, and I went to the interview, and they punched me around pretty hard. 
and I I blew it. I mean, I went into survival immediately, and I, they just went. <laughs> and it wasn't like what it wasn't like an inauthentic. You know, let's see if he comes back. It was like no, no, sorry. And I, and I knew I had some three or four people in the room that wanted me to become trainer. And I knew by the end of that two hours, I was in there four hours, I knew I had only one person that wanted me to become a trainer and eight. I didn't have anybody that were willing to blackball me, like no way and never. But I had eight solid no's, and I knew it. And I would have said no to me at that point, and I couldn't figure out where I went. And I had to keep getting up and going, okay, excuse me, let me go to the bathroom. And I, I mean, I'd go to the bathroom, I was crying. And I was like cleaning myself up. I was going, what the fuck are you doing, you asshole? Get, show up. I'd go back in there, and it'd be like, they'd go like this, and I'd go <laughs> down again. And I was like, I couldn't get it done. All right. So they, I walked out of there shaken, pissed. I'd already quit my job. In my mind, I was already going to be a trainer. There was no turning back. I was shaken to the core, and I confronted how bad I wanted to become a trainer. I, I was like, it was death for me not to. And I was shaken, so I somehow managed. The meeting was over, and I, I got one of them in the hall, and I said, I got to have lunch with you. You know, and it, that turned out to be the right thing to do. It was just like, I kind of keep enrolling them. I got to keep figuring out what's not working, right? And I just said, look, I know I, I, I know what happened today. Can you coach me? Can you get on my team? She says, why? No. You're that, you're that off. I don't. I said, okay. I said, can I be in the room with you next week? And she says, well, what would be your intention in there? I said, my intention is to contribute and make the training happen. Uh, and I said, you know, that's my intention. And my intention is to shift myself and have a breakthrough what, uh, out of that. And she says, if you, if you get in the way, I'm kicking you out. And I said, okay, I won't be in the way. And I, and I went in the room, and I was totally my commitment you know, to have it happen for other people. And she said, okay, all right, now what, why? So she was on my team, all right? Nine to go or eight to go, right? Okay, so I did that a couple more times, flew out here, did this, showed up in the room, great. Okay, now I'm, now I'm out of, and time's running out because they were having this kind of class where they were only hiring and I had three weeks left to go. And if I didn't get in, it was another year. And so I, so I said, okay, what do you do, Jim? What do you do? I said, okay, I'm going to call every person that I can think of that I hate or I know doesn't like me or just assume that I'm dead or indifferent, and I'm going to listen. And I called 32 people, and I, and I met with them. I still have pain about that. <clears throat> I met with them, and I listened. I said, what is it about me? And they told me. I mean, and they had no reason not to. They couldn't stand me. You know, they're like, "Oh, thanks for asking." You know, we've been trying to tell you for been trying to tell you for seven years or one week or whatever. And I was like, 
and so I got my feedback right mm -hmm. and I just I just carried that paper around like this I was just I just stared at it every day and it's like I'd look at I go I gotta call somebody else oh I don't want to do this I like uh, this Jim Zarvis and they're like I go look I know I know you probably don't want to talk to me you know I know I, our relationship I need some help I need some help from you and I know you're probably thinking I'm the last person be calling you and that's what I need help with so here's my situation. I, I know I have breakdowns in relationship and I want to handle it. And I, I know you can tell me. And they're like, oh, well, some of these people are now my best friends. Right? So um, I did that not as a formula. I did it out of a commitment to be different. I mean, I was a maniac about, I only had two or three weeks left to invent myself. Well, when I finished that process up, and by... Then I did some other stuff. I did some guesstimates. I, I got them all involved. I was different. What guesstimates was that? What were you talking about? Oh, I, I had never done a guest event, so I oh, I went up and did a guest event. I understand. Did, I did zero for ten. So I had ten guests, and I enrolled no one. That's, just, that's <coughs> bomb. That's terrible. Um, and, but the trainer coming in the next day goes, well, I saw your results last night. And uh, by then I was already clean, you know, and he says, you know, zero for ten. I said, I said, yeah. I said, you got to get me now before I get really good. Everybody's going to want me. <laughs> <laughs> and he just started laughing. He just started laughing. And he goes, that's how I remembered you. Like, you know, he got it. He just, he got it. I wasn't about myself anymore, right? I could just laugh about it. I, I was still attached, but I wasn't attached to me anymore. And so then it was easy after that. Coaching. So I wanted to create, so I saw that what, was go, what it was going to take then was for me to create a conversation about who I was. So I know that I can create a conversation about who I am. I know you have judgments, and I know how to manage the judgments based on who I am for you, who I am, for, how I am for you, and how I show up, right? So I said, okay, I want to create a conversation that I'm coachable, because these are some, these are tough people. You know, I don't want them thinking I'm resistant, even though I was. Okay, so I don't want them thinking that. So I want to consciously create me as coachable, and so. I think proper coach, the proper perspective for co coaching people and being coached is this. I noticed everybody wanted to coach me. You know, can I coach you? Can I coach? No, I don't take coaching that way. But I didn't want people to think I wasn't coachable. So what I would do is every time I had a breakdown, I would get on the phone and I would call all of them, and I would listen for possibility. And they would tell me, they'd say, well, it's this. And I'd be, and I'd listen, and I'd trust my instinct. And I'd go, and I'd say, thanks a lot. I really appreciate that. Really appreciate you coaching me. Click. Hey, you know, this is what's happening. What do you, what do you see? Can you hear me? Blah, blah, blah. You know, again, I'm listening. No, I did that. But I don't say on the phone, no, I did that. I already thought of that. I'm like, thanks a lot. I really appreciate that. I really do appreciate it. I got it. Okay, thank you. Click. Ring, ring, like this. And all of a sudden, I'd hear it. Boom. Well, what were you listening for? And I'm thinking, I'm like, shit. 
that's it. Thanks, thanks a lot. So I created a conversation that I was coachable, and I and I got the coaching I needed. But I don't have it like I got to listen to my coaching. I have it like I got to get a possibility that I'm committed to put in action. But I did manage that I was being coachable. So, all, so when I was done with my nine-month process, I had nine or ten trainers that all felt like they were the one that got me up. <laughs> yeah. Like every trainer was like, you know, I spent hours, you know, like this, and I, and they did. But I got me up. I knew exactly who I needed to be and what I needed to get done, and I created that conversation consciously. Um, because I allowed them to contribute to me. So I knew just by opening up their mouth, even though it wasn't the coaching I needed, that it still was a contribution. I let them make sure that I experienced them as a contribution. And so when people experience themselves as a contribution around you, they'll keep giving. And if they don't, they'll leave. So I don't coach people unless they ask me to coach, or unless I'm in a training environment, or I. I'm in a special situation because number one they can't if there's no request they don't hear you anyway they just you just spit up over them you just go can I assess you I mean that's really what you're saying can I throw up on you and they go no so people you know people come up to my train can you coach me no you cannot why not because I'm not open to it it won't make a difference for me I said, if you still have something to say to me on Sunday, then write it down and I'll go home and look at it. But um, that's not my role here. I'm not here to be coached. I'm, you paid me to coach you. And I might be wrong, but, you know, about my coaching to you, but that your job is to do what I tell you to do or get the coaching. My job is to coach you, not the other way around. I said, I have coaching. So you don't have to be open to coaching. That's my bottom line. You don't have to, because half the coaching you get is going to be bad. If you try to do what everybody tells you to do, you go crazy. That's okay. So that's coaching. So coaching belongs in an, a transformational environment or in a, a responsible context. Otherwise, it doesn't produce anything other than psychological assessment. And I guess the other thing is, uh, from a listening of a trainer is, my relationship with people is that they are a conversation that's happening right now, not a, a fixed characteristics. And I want to fix them, but I, I work on my relationship called, okay, who they are is what's coming out of their mouth right now. It's, that doesn't, you know, it's like they're just a conversation and all conversations are shiftable. How, like talk about how you shift a conversation like this it's like you're doing a bunch of stuff to do that can you talk about those things <laughs> you know how you were talking about seeing on different levels or seeing with a different set of eyes really you know seeing what's invisible to other people like in some way you are working with things that are invisible to other people can you talk about that well All right, I have a model. One model I use is face up, experience, let go. 
get present, face up, experience, let go. Okay? So if I can get someone present to the conversation that's running them by saying, you know, what are you noticing? What are you experiencing right now? So all of a sudden, you pull that these voices to the forefront. Okay? So you bring it to their consciousness. They go, you know, well, I don't know. Well, what do you experience? What do you feel? Maybe it's an emotional, maybe it's a conversation, whatever, a thought. So I, I, I get them to start noticing that. Okay? So there's awareness. Then, if I want to alter it, I'm looking at them. I'm saying, who, I, who do I have over here? Is this a, a big person? Or is this a little victim-y? You know, no context, no references in their body. All, all <clears throat> are they dysfunctional? Like, kind of, what am I working with over there, energy-wise? If I've got a normal, healthy, functional person who just got a conversation doesn't work for them, I can work with them pretty quick. I'd be like, all right, well. So I may go after them a little harder. I'd be like, what's the price people pay to be in a relationship with you? <gasps> like, what's it take to be married to you? It must be painful for your children. Like, don't you get it? Don't you give a shit about your kids? What's, what's their names? Sarah and who? How old are they? What do they like to do? What's their favorite sport? What do you mean you don't know? How can you not know? This is unbelievable. Don't you care? Yeah, I care. Bullshit. What do you think? What's the message you give to them? So I start working with them about the, co the cost of living this, right? So I start getting the price. I start getting, I start making it more painful to keep what they have than to, than to give it up. So I, I want to start making it painful for them to, to keep it and and so if I think someone's caring I'll start working with what they're producing with their kids or stuff right if they're just the stone you know I might go over there and bang on them you know knowing that I'm not gonna get any work done with them really but maybe I'll open them up for the next day or half day I'm just you know I just might go there and go I might go in hard you know you make a decision and you're wrong half the time and right half the time and you know you're going okay is this is this love or is this wake up you know and you and you just get in their space and you do it which means you're either like fuck you kind of tone or you're like look i bet you you know you just go underneath them it's um you just kind of glide underneath them and go i know your whole life you've been destroying relationships i really know that i got it um is it time for you to end the war? I know you want to be loved. Okay, you have children? Look, I'm totally on your side, I got it. Okay? Like that, right? They're like, you know, and you can just kind of peel it off like that, just kind of lift, lift it off like that. You got to make that decision. And, you know, and sometimes you can do both. It depends how good you are. And, you know, you're working them. Um, and then sometimes you're getting other people to work them. You're like, what do you see? What do you see for him? This is totally you over there. What's what's missing with him? What's he need to get? Or I'd say, where's your brother? Hey, what's he? Well, tell him something. What's the deal with this guy? This is your brother. You get he's stuck. So I start working them to work people, right? So I don't want to be the guy. 
ever. I want to be the guy that sets the context so that everybody's doing the doing, and then I'm stepping back and they're not thinking about me. But usually I'm the guy that has to go like this, because for the, at least for a while, because no one else wants to do that job. Mm-hmm. And, and then they want to go save him. You know, they're like, leave him alone. You know, he really is care. Oh, bullshit. Carrie's mm-hmm. in here manipulating us. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. Can't I can't stand it anymore. And it's not because I don't mind being manipulated. I'm thinking about your children. You know, someone's got to be for them. And they're like, oh, God. Yeah, someone's got to be for the children. You know, like that. So you, you, so you, get, that, you get it painful for them. And one of the ways you guys do that in the event is, like, here's this whole room staring at you. It's pretty damn painful to be stuck with that conversation, right? That's one form of pain called compliancy. What do you mean? Well, you have you have 60 people. Compliance means you, means you have 60 against one. You have 30 against one. Even if you don't want to give it up, you've got to comply. You still obey, right? You obey. Agree. You agree. You comply with it. You don't. You never choose it. You just go. You go. Okay. I didn't want it. You know. All right. So and you go. Now that happens a lot. We got to get better. We, I, we use too much compliancy in the event. It's like our best tool. That's what everybody's pissed off about. It's like you get in there and everybody throws a demand on you. I mean, they're not really at source. With You're them. not at source at all. You didn't okay. choose it, and now you you, you got to go because they're going to stand there and kick the shit out of you if you don't. <laughs> You know, it's like, give me your money or you die. And you're thinking, I really want my money. And then you start looking around the room and you're going, can I keep a dollar? And they're like, no. And watch too. But all of a sudden you're like, okay, here it is. I got it, right? You surrender and that's it. Well, that's compliancy. And that's the easiest way to get it done. And it's, it's a hammer. And you pay prices if, if, you know, the old saying, if you're a hammer, everything starts looking like a nail. There's big prices for that. And you're paying them organizationally for that one. You're paying big prices for compliancy. Because, because mo- A, you, you hardly have any responsibility in the room whatsoever. So almost the only way they can get it is they made me. And it was valuable. That's kind of like your best case. They made me, and it was valuable. Mm-hmm. And that's not enough for them to go and roll someone else. It's like I. It's a very different conversation. Like I totally went for it in there, which you did get some. Right? I totally went for it, and they supported me. So when my wife did it, the training, the Constance did it, and I did it, we all came out with the same conversation. I was totally supported. 100%. I never felt any pressure whatsoever to do anything. Why? Because we have a solid, responsible context. And, and I enrolled him. I said, do not walk in there and be a victim. I said, you know, they're going to kick your ass, and I'm telling you that up front. And I said, so you, you walk in there and you give it up, or don't go. They're like, I got it. And I said, so you figure out something you want to handle and move forward before you walk in the room. And so they walk in, they're clear, and something, maybe it turned out to be something else, but they walk in the training, boom, let's go. I'm here to contribute, and I'm going to have my breakthrough. So now the demand is like, they're like, hey, demand, over here. You know, like, 
maybe not like that, but it's like, come on, let's do it. Um, I knew I was in trouble when I did the event because I didn't have anything in that moment in my life that I wanted to take on. So, you, you know, you, you shouldn't, I shouldn't have had the demand on me because I never requested it. But I'm totally responsible. I mean, it wasn't a problem for me, right? But that's a problem for most people. Like, why are you here? I'm going, I don't know why I'm here. Bullshit, you, you know, and like, really, I am clear, I don't know. Now, you dug something out of me. It was valuable. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad I did it, so to speak, right? But most people won't walk away with that interpretation. They'll walk away victim, kind of uh, sodomized. Like, God. And then you, and they're like, I'm glad I did it once. You know, I'm not going to make my mother do it. And since I lasted, I'll even come do another one. You know, kind of felt good in a weird way. You know, but they don't, they don't open up the space to ask other people to do it. Um, what was I talking about? What was the question? I'm off track. Shifting conversation. Shifting conversation. Get the pain high. What's the personal cost to you? What do you not get to have? What's the prices you're paying? So get the, con the conversation up for them, get the prices high, have them experience. That's the face up. Experience. Do you okay. also do that in enrollment, getting the pain high? Sure. Very subtly. If I have to. But I'm not trying to shift conversations in enrollment. I'm just trying to be an invitation in enrollment. So I don't do it very often and very much. If I'm doing an enrollment, it's because I've already created a whole different coaching relationship with them. And they're like already going for it. And they're, we're in a different relationship. We're talking yeah. about in the room. We're talking yeah, about in the room stuff. But it's he asked, he asked yeah, enrollment no. conversations. So I would say generally no, unless I've asked them, I'm do you want to start this relationship yeah. and can I coach you and like that. But I would, I would say, don't do that. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Until you're so good at it, you can do it, and people appreciate it. Yeah. Um, so, I, so then experience, okay? Experience is what they're doing when they're beating on the mats. That's it's what they can do without beating on the mats. Mm -hmm. um, it looks like tears. It looks like. Uh, when I was working with him uh, at dinner, there was a, an experience for him, right? So the face clouds over, sometimes there's tears, confusion, eyes roll back, there's an experience happening. They're experiencing the conversation. Once you experience a conversation, you lose your, deta you detach from it, okay? So if you drop a baby and they fully experience it, they let it go, and now there's just the next experience. Well, we have learned to not experience. So we resist experiencing and we create a concept instead. So all we ever experience is our concepts and we never experience the experience. So I get them to experience their experience of what this conversation or feeling or whatever it is. They could be laughing, they could be crying, they could just be like, it depends like who you're working with. Once there's an experience, it's going to disappear, okay? Now, I offer or ask 
a possibility question. So what's a new decision you could make? What's, what's what are you now committed to? What's possible for you? What's and sometimes I get that they just need to experience it. And, and I'll just say, okay, just be with that. And I won't put a new context in. I know that I'm going to generally put it in the room about 200, 200 times anyway. So they're going to pick it up anyway. But for some people, I'm just like, like for you, you're analytical. I would just ask you to be with it. Just be with it, okay? Don't, don't make any conclusions. It's the worst thing you could do. Just be with it. And you know when you're done being with it? I want you to be with it some more. When you're when you're sick of that and you're like, I got it, I want you to know you didn't get it. I want you to go in terror about this thing. Would you do that for me? We promise me. And they're like, Yeah, I'll do that. Okay? And then don't come to any conclusions. Just be with it some more. Okay? So I might ask him to do that. No one analytical guy, he'll come up with a new terminal. He's smart, he's big. He's a successful guy in the world. I don't have to go say, so what can you now think about your daddy? You know, I'm just like, go be with him. You know, he's different the next day. Comes in sharing, hey, I got to, you know, I don't have to do that, right? But 18-year-old little Susie who no one ever loved, she's like, she gets to nothing. She doesn't know what to do with it. She doesn't know how to hold it. Or there's too much other stuff, right? So I have to put in a... a Anybody else? So I have to put in a new solid conversation. And the first way I the first way I do that is I ask questions. So I allow them to come to it. Another point is you know you're in trouble when you're trying to lead them somewhere. You're in big trouble when you think coaching is taking them somewhere. It's not. It's already there for them. You're just try, trying to get them to reveal it to themselves. So, so what, where I see people trying to do is they're trying to get them to get it. And now you're, you're, you're teaching. And that's not where you need to be a teacher. So now you're creating a codependent relationship. And you're in big trouble when you're doing that. Big trouble when you're teaching people, trying to get them to get it. It's just about holding the space for them to, to get it. Because if you put it in, then they're never going to get used to putting it in. What, what, do you, what do you mean holding the space for? Just like I was being with him, just be with that, be with that. I'm not giving him a new interpretation. I'm just trying to open up experience for him. Um, I would say give them your, I'd say the, one of the biggest gifts a trainer can give people is their presence. If I can give you my presence, I'm, I'm giving you something, and I'm going to call that uh, a space opener. Space what? Opener. Kind of like I'm holding the space, but if, if I can totally be you and experience your experience and be you, which I hate doing. Why? Because I'm vulnerable. You know, I feel like I'm going to die every time I do it. You know, so again, it's all about me. You know, but if I can just like be for you and start to experience that, and I can. You know, I'm like I'm over here experiencing your pain. I'm like I don't want to do that. I, don't, I want to experience this pain, but that's a gift. 
because now we're connected as one, right? And, th and that's all they need half the time, just that, that they care, boom. It happens in that, in that space. That's what I mean by holding the space and giving your presence away. And most trainers think they're trying to do the training or talk or they're doing their little act. And if you don't bring your presence to people, if you don't touch them, there won't be any magic in your training. And I, and I mean actually physically touch them. You know, I mean, uh, and I also mean touch them by getting into their space safely and exiting safely and I don't know how to explain that other than I watched you guys do it and you know and I think you have a reference for what I mean um, I can coach it but I can't explain it um, I can highlight it when someone does it you know maybe if you spoke about energy you could talk about it okay, energy okay you know the way you work with energy a couple things about energy I'm not, a, I'm not an expert on energy, but... Okay, so one perspective is that if you look at quantum physics, and quantum physics is some neat stuff, and I'm, I'm ignorant of it, but... Do you guys know...